You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Junkyard Dogcast. I'm your host, Jordan Hill. We have another preview edition of the Junkyard Dogcast. We have Hell McGranahan from the Big Spur getting ready for Saturday's game between Georgia and South Carolina. Hell, uh, how is Wednesday treating you as uh, we get ready for the SEC opener for both these teams? Wednesday is treating me very well. Typical Wednesday during, during football season, so... These days around here in Columbia, that means we get to go talk to some, some coordinators, offensive coordinator Dow Loggins, defensive coordinator Clayton White, and special teams coordinator Pete Limbo, who, who's a bit of a character. So it's uh, it, it's a, it's an eventful day, but uh, yeah, just excited to, to get back down to Athens here, here in a few more days. Definitely. We are uh, getting ready for uh, a big game on Saturday, 3.30 between Georgia and South Carolina. And to do this episode, I wanted to have Hale on talk a little bit about the South Carolina team. Uh, allow our listeners over at the Junkyard Dogcast to sort of learn about this team, what they can expect to see Saturday, and uh, what we're expecting to see from this matchup. And just to start, Hale, I want to look sort of big picture. Two games in, South Carolina's 1-1, one and one, lose that opener against North Carolina, bounce back, take care of Furman. Uh, what's sort of the energy around this team going into their first SEC game and, and sort of the expectations uh, that you can kind of sense from the fan base uh, with where they are this early in the season? As far as where the team is, I, I think they're probably uh, uh, where, where a lot of people on the outside sort of expected them to be. And, and on the outside, I mean outside of Columbia. Like North Carolina was favored by like two points in that game. So uh, them winning or South Carolina losing uh, wasn't uh, a surprise. The, the way they lost was, was a bit concerning and that uh, Spencer Rattler got sacked nine times. And, you know, coming into the season, the, the offensive line was, was going to be a question mark. It, it, it always was. They lost a lot of veteran guys and are, are trying to bridge the gap between some, some really talented young players and guys who are coming in next year in the 2024 class, trying to bridge the gap with, with some lower-level transfer portal guys who, who, who struggled against North Carolina. And so I think maybe just kind of to, to answer your question, there, there's a lot of concern amongst the fan base about that and, and not just – what it means for for this game on Saturday, but but over the course of the next nine games and and some of the challenges that are that are also in store for for South Carolina and some of these other defensive lines and and of course as, as everyone who follows Georgia football knows, uh, th- things are going pretty good up front. Uh, I guess compared to a lot of other folks uh, when it comes to the defensive line, so uh, I, I think there's a little bit of uneasiness right now, just kind of collectively amongst the fan base. Uh, and sort of the vibe of the team is, you know, after talking to some players yesterday, is like, hey, we got to come out and start fast and, and can't fall behind early on or else it's going to be a long afternoon. So I, I think that's probably kind of where the team's at is like a business-like focus of, of saying, 
we, we need to start fast and, and, and be able to give ourselves a chance to, to make this thing a ball game. I want to ask you about a few individuals really on both sides of the ball for the Gamecocks and got to start with Spencer Rattler. You know, this is second year with the Gamecocks. Uh, very efficient through these first couple games. In fact, that Furman game, I think he was 25 of 27. What have you seen from Spencer through two games and maybe areas you think he's improved just based on the small sample size from his first year in Columbia? Yeah, 25 of 27, like you said. That was, that was really impressive. And, and Furman obviously is an FCS team, but they're, I think, number six in the, in the FCS poll. Um, a lot of veteran players on that defense, fourth and fifth year guys who have played a ton of football. So it's not like it was just uh, just a, a typical FCS opponent. Like they, there was some, some genuine worry, uh, maybe internally as well, not just amongst the fan base of like, can can this guy have enough protection to be able to, to move the ball downfield against Furman? And uh, things started kind of slow uh, and, and not with him. I mean, he didn't throw an incompletion until I think his – 15th or 16th pass of the game that night. So uh, he, he was able to, to to push the ball downfield. They didn't need to do it a whole lot. Uh, Xavier Leggett has been his best receiver these first two games. Really probably the last three games, I guess, going back to the Notre Dame game, the bowl game, uh, Who's and, and Leggett's been a big part of, of helping Rattler uh, get off to this great start because Antoine Wells, an all-SEC receiver from last year who's back, this season has been dealing with the foot injury and has only caught one pass for, for five yards this season. Hadn't been too involved, obviously. So, uh, but Rattlers, he's just, he looks comfortable. Uh, I, I think it's just been exactly what we've seen since the Tennessee game. Uh, just, just him, him just in a rhythm, feeling good about things and, and, and not letting what's going on around him, even if it's been a little bit chaotic at times, uh, just, just being cool, calm and collected and, and showing off that big arm he's got. We saw again make some plays in that North Carolina game. What do you feel like are his strengths as one of Spencer's go-to guys, and, and who are some of those other guys uh, besides Leggett that you think could make an impact on Saturday? Yeah, Leggett, he's a big physical specimen. He's like 6'2", 6'3", probably about 215, 220 pounds. He can run. Uh, just, just a really athletic guy who – he was signed by Brian McClendon and, and Will Muschamp, obviously. Uh, they brought him in as, as a gray shirt, or that's how they originally offered him. And uh, they ended up signing him last minute in that, I guess it would have been that 2019 class. And, you know, he, he was a little raw. He, he didn't play a ton of receiver in high school, was, was a quarterback his senior year. So he, he, he needed to grow a little bit as a player. And, and throughout the years, uh, the thing he struggled with was just catching the football. It, it was – an issue for him. Uh, you, you look at the South Carolina State game from last season, uh, and if you look at Spencer Rattler's stat line, I think he had two or three interceptions, and, and two of those were passes that just bounced off of Leggett's hands, like easy, easy catches that, that he couldn't haul in. And, and he had several of those over the years and uh, started getting it cleaned up towards the end, towards the end of last season and was, was a part of, of, of the Tennessee and Clemson wins. And like I mentioned, the Notre Dame game, and he's had a couple hundred yard games so far this season. Uh, so he's just, it's just all come together for him. He's a hardworking guy. And uh, really it just got for him as simple as catching the football. He's, he's explosive. He's electric, but uh, there, there were times 
over the first few years when when you couldn't really see that because they had a hard time just just holding on to that thing. Hell, what do you make of this run game through two games? Obviously struggled in that game against North Carolina. Uh, got to carry on Joyner, who I feel like has played every position, it seems like, on offense uh, for South Carolina. But uh, do you did you see strides in that game against Furman? And uh, how much of a threat do you feel like that run game will be when uh, they get to Sanford Stadium on Saturday? Joyner, Joyner's struggled a little bit coming in uh, to, to the season with, with the position. I shouldn't say coming into the season. Like, the staff felt really good about him and, and the the transition. And whether it was on-the-record interviews or behind-the-scenes stuff that we were hearing, like, it was always consistent. Like, he's been been the best guy. Like, he he earned earned the job. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't really even that close. It was kind of how I've understood it to be. And, um, he struggled a little bit against North Carolina. You know, I mentioned the offensive lines issues. That's been a sizable part of it. Like you can't downplay that, especially in that first game. Uh, last week against Furman, a little bit better, but again, that's to be expected. It's an FCS team. Even like I was saying, they're they're pretty good. It's still a lower level, so you can't put a ton of stock into that. Um, and, and I say that to preface like Mario Anderson, who who averaged, I think, like five and a half yards of carry or a little over five yards of carry against Furman. Uh, transfer from from Newberry College, which is a Division II school here in South Carolina. He, he rushed for 3,000 yards there in, in 30 career games, scored 35 touchdowns. So uh, he he's a productive back at, at the college level. And uh, he he clearly, to me and, and to probably just about everyone else who, who watched that game the other night, he, he looked better than Joyner did in that game. And uh, that, that's got some folks around here kind of wondering what that's going to mean for the run game moving forward. And, and Anderson did did not have any carries against UNC. Um, Juju McDowell has been kind of the, the second back. Uh, he's he's more of a scat back, whereas Joyner and certainly Anderson, who, who are built more like, you know, SEC type running backs. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's still coming together and, and how they use those three guys is is going to be interesting for for us to see. For you know those of us who, who follow South Carolina closely, because we're still kind of wondering how how it's it's coming together like that. There's some things to be figured out, and again, like the offensive line and and some of the issues they've had have have been a pretty significant factor uh, aside from just kind of where they're at from a personnel standpoint at at running back. Let's talk about that offensive line. Gave up nine sacks in that North Carolina game, and I know that was. You know, an area of concern even going in uh, into the offseason and in the spring have that injury that really set them back even further. Uh, what do you make of this offensive line two games in? And I know they've been beat up even in the season. Um, just where this offensive line stands going into its first SEC game. Yeah, it's it's a work in progress is probably the nicest way to put it. Um, you know, it, it goes back to, to the spring game, Jordan, is – uh, Jalen Nichols, who's going to be their starting left tackle, who's who's played a lot uh, over the course of his career, uh, he, he hurt his knee in the spring game, and uh, he he might be able to come back before the end of this season, but uh, certainly doesn't have anything to do with with Saturday. So again, starts there. So they they had to kind of figure things out at tackle, and they were already thin there as it was even with Nichols. Um, so you know where we're at now, and, and what we saw this past Saturday is is a guy named Sidney Fugar who played at Western Illinois was a starting left tackle. Um, you know, he's, he hasn't been all that great uh, to say the least this season. Uh, I, I suspect he'll, he'll be out there for the first 
first series on Saturday at Sanford, but uh, you know, right tackles again, like they, they might have a little bit better situation going there because Ja'Kai Moore, who is another veteran player is, is out there and uh, you know, he, he's pretty serviceable, but you know, they started the season with Case and Henry, who's from, from Walton high school. And, and uh, I guess Marietta uh, was their starting right tackle in the North Carolina game. And he went, he went down with a, a knee injury, I think on the fourth play of the game. So uh, they're already thin, like I said, and, and, and they're just even thinner now. And, and they're, you know, they've got some, some younger players that, that got into the mix, uh, a couple freshmen who played, played a little bit uh, in the Furman game and, and played pretty well, but, but yeah, I don't, I don't know that uh, Shane Beamer and Lonnie Teasley, who's the offensive line coach, Dow Loggins, the offensive coordinator are going to feel too great about playing uh, one or two true freshmen uh, in Athens at 3:30 on CBS. Like that's that's not really a a, a matchup you want to put those guys in. And say, all right, man, good luck, go get them. Like that that's it's almost not fair. Uh, but yeah, so it, it's definitely a work in progress, and and I think we'll probably see for those of us who who pay close attention to, to who's coming in and out along the line of scrimmage, we'll probably see uh, a few different guys playing playing up front on offense for the Gamecocks. You talk about a trial by fire. It sort of feels like that's that sort of situation yeah. with what they're walking into. Um, I want to go to the other side of the ball, looking at South Carolina's defense. I kind of want to start with the secondary, and I'm looking specifically from that North Carolina game. They gave up 269 passing yards. Drake made, made some plays, but also had two interceptions in that second half that kind of kept South Carolina in that game. Um, what do you make of the secondary to this point in the season, and who are those names that Georgia fans should keep an eye on when we get to the game on Saturday? Yeah, well, the, the you know the North Carolina game first first player from scrimmage for for North Carolina, uh, Nikki Manwari, who's all freshman freshman All American last year, uh, play safety, uh, hurt his hamstring. He tried to come back and just just couldn't couldn't keep going. So they shut him down for you know three four more than three fourths of that game, pretty much the entire game. He was out didn't didn't dress last week against Furman. So they're trying to trying to see if he can get that thing in a good enough spot to try to go this weekend. And as, as I'm sure everyone's listening and watching knows that, you know, hamstrings can be tricky and, you know, those things can linger. So I think they want to be careful with them. They've, they've got a full season to, to try to play. And he's, you know, obviously going to be a big part of it uh, when, when he's on the field. Uh, DQ Smith, another guy who was a freshman last year, played a lot, played a lot at nickel. Uh, he's, he's been more safety this year. Uh, the guy who's stepped in for for E-Man Worry is Jalen Kilgore, who's from Putnam County there in Georgia, uh, who who I really really liked as as a, a recruit coming out of high school, and uh, he stepped in for E-Man Worry and and has more than looked the part. He he belongs out there and is just a really good football player, physical. So so even though they've lost arguably the best player on their defense, it hadn't been a, a huge drop off with Kilgore like he, he's come in and, and done a really good job uh cornerback Marcellus Dial is is their top guy played played more snaps last season than than the two guys who got drafted off that team last year Cam Smith and Darius Rush uh and you know he gave up a a big play against Furman really the only big play Furman had all night was a 51 yard halfback pass and I think it was probably like their third play of the game and and uh he he got a little little too uh, eager to come up and, and to run support and got beat over the top, but he hadn't gotten beat much. And I, 
somebody mentioned to me that he didn't get targeted uh, in that North Carolina game. I don't know if that was true or not. I never uh, checked to see if that was accurate, but uh, he, he's a really good player. Donald Fortune's another um, another dependable guy at corner, and Nichols a little bit of a uh, an interesting spot now. It maybe depends on where Eman worries at from a health standpoint and uh, what what they might be able to do with. DQ Smith and Jalen Kilgore and trying to figure out the, the right matchups there. Uh, they got a guy who named Kawan Banks and uh, he he's not the biggest, biggest player, he, you know, maybe five, nine, five, 10 at best, about 170 pounds, really, really good player, just very undersized and probably not the type of player you want to have potentially matching up against somebody like Brock Bowers or Oscar Delp uh, who, who are going to have uh, probably a pretty good chance to, to make plays over somebody like that. Looking at the two levels in front of the secondary, what do you make of South Carolina's defensive line and its linebackers to this point in the season? And again, who are some names to keep an eye on? Yeah, linebacker, I'll start there. They, they've they had some issues over the years, but but I think they're, they got a pretty good starting too. And, and Debo Williams, who plays the Will and, and Stone Bland, who's the Mike, um, they, they've – they've had a good start to the season and, and stone was a highly recruited guy, big, big recruiting get for Clayton white. And he was committed to the Mississippi state baseball team. And uh, you know, Mississippi state football team was certainly recruiting him as well. And, and he's from Mississippi and, and Carolina got him. So that, that was a big one. He's a sophomore, uh, got a little trial by fire last year. Uh, and at times didn't look like all that great, but uh you know, he had a full off season. He ended up not he didn't play any baseball at South Carolina. So he got like a true off season of just football and, and was able to get healthy and get himself into better shape and uh, work on his speed and all that. And, and it's it's shown so far these first two games and, and really throughout the entire offseason, they they're really high on him. So those two guys, a linebacker, um, you know, they had a Muhammad Kaba, Mokaba, who was a, a highly rated recruit, someone must champ got. Uh, back in that 2020 signing class, which was a really good group for the, that staff. Um, he, he tore his ACL in the North Carolina game covering a kickoff. Third time he's torn an ACL uh, since his senior year in high school. So it's a, they've taken a little hit in the depth at, at linebacker, but they've got some other good young players. And, and Grayson Howard, who some of some of your viewers might remember from Georgia recruiting. So he, he's, he's a legit player, just young and hadn't. Hadn't played a whole lot yet. Uh, up front on defense, uh, they got some older guys inside uh, and on the edge for that matter. But uh, inside, I'm guessing people are probably familiar with the name Tonka Hemingway now, uh, who is at SEC Media Days. And he can play on the edge, too. He, he's a really good player. Uh, Alex Huntley, uh, TJ Sanders, Nick Barrett is kind of the main rotation of guys inside. On the edge, uh, Jordan Strong, who was one of the leaders in the country in 2020 in sacks when he was at Georgia state. And he's been at South Carolina since 21. Uh, he tore an ACL last year and, and was off to a good season last year before he went down in, in that Arkansas game in week two. Uh, so he's, he's coming along and, and getting, getting closer to, to what we were seeing last year. Uh, and, you know, besides him, there's, there's some question marks there. That, that's one of the other big concerns for this team, you know, Talk about the offensive line a minute ago and the, the issues there. Uh, there's there's been some some concern coming into the season at edge, defensive end, outside linebacker, whatever you want to call it, um, that uh, that we haven't seen really quite addressed yet. Uh, J.T. Gear, who transferred from Syracuse, 
He's been out the first two games, but they think they're going to get him back this week. Uh, they got a guy named Drew Tuazama who transferred from UAB like two weeks before the season started, uh, and, and a few other names that uh, will, will be on the field. But but those those are kind of the main guys, uh, including Hemingway, uh, who, who are going to be maybe threats off the edge for for Carolina. I feel like sometimes when I do these previews, it's sort of easy for me to sort of brush off special teams, maybe not talk about it. But I feel like that's a mistake with South Carolina just because of how good they always are. And you saw that in the North Carolina game, great onside kick to start that second half. Um, what have you seen from their special teams? And, and you know, he, uh, Shane Beamer's got such a um, established background with his father, with Beamer Ball, with taking that part of the game seriously. Uh, has it impressed you to this point with just how they played on special teams? This season has it impressed me? Yeah. Uh, well, you know they executed the onside kick uh, to start the second half against North Carolina, which was which was really good. Um, you know, Mitch Jeter, the the place kicker who, who also kicks off and recovered that kick, um, he he finally missed a field goal. He I think like twelve of twelve on his first first twelve attempts in college, uh, and and he missed one last week against Furman, hit the upright from fifty yards out. So uh, he he's pretty good. The punter Kai Kroger, who's who's really good as well, lefty. Who he, he's he's done a lot of work against Georgia over the years, so I, I'm guessing Georgia fans are probably familiar with him a little bit. Um, they're, they're both good players uh, at those those two spots. Haven't seen much as as far as the return game is concerned. Um, not a lot of opportunities there so far. Uh, you know, it was interesting after the Furman game the other night. Uh, Shane was was kind of pissed off about the special teams. He, I, I can't remember exactly what what he was fired up about, but uh, he he was saying something about not being satisfied with how they they did things that way. But you know, on the other side of that, it's like Xavier Leggett, the the receiver who we were talking about a minute ago, is you know he not only does he return kicks, he does a lot of a lot of other things on special teams, and you know he downed upon at the one yard line the other night, and um, so yeah, they're. He's a gunner, so it, it, they're gonna they're gonna be a threat on special teams and for anybody. And and I'm sure uh, Kirby's gonna have his guys on on alert uh, anytime uh, that portion of the game comes up. But uh, yeah, it's it's a good, it's a good unit. They got some good kickers for sure. Definitely, and I believe they ran a, a fake punt and uh, succeeded in that uh, last year against Georgia. So that uh, you have no doubt uh, that Kirby's gonna have those guys uh, watching and, and ready. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, come back, and talk specifically about Saturday, what we're expecting to see, and uh, give a few predictions on how things are going to play out. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Welcome back, everybody. Well, hell, looking to Saturday, I feel like from what I've read from you guys at the Big Spur and uh, some of the talk around the program that South Carolina is in a sort of similar situation to Georgia when it comes to injuries. They, they've been beat up a little bit getting ready for this game. What's the latest you guys have heard just on some of the guys who are hurt? And uh, maybe as we record this on Wednesday, what you guys are expecting as far as who will and won't be available for this one? Yeah, I mentioned a few of the guys uh, a little earlier. Um, I guess Nicky Manwari is kind of the main one on defense at this point. He's probably probably could call him questionable. I, I think that would be an official designation that, that Shane would use, uh, talking about him and trying to work work through that hamstring. On on Tuesday, uh, he practiced a little bit. He was limited. I don't I don't know exactly what that means, but he was he was moving around at the very least, and and they're hoping to, to ramp him up here today on Wednesday and uh, again, plan to, or hope to do the same on Thursday. So uh, sort of to be determined for him uh, offensively, Antoine Wells, a receiver who's been working through a foot injury. I mean, he's played in the first two games, um, certainly not a hundred percent, didn't finish the North Carolina game. And I I think he played 30 snaps the other night against Furman. So uh, uh, that's a decent number of snaps, all things considered. You know, they, they took out the starters about midway through the third quarter. So he was out there a good bit. He just didn't didn't do a whole lot as far as catching passes. So I, I would think that he's going to be playing. How how healthy he is, uh, we'll, we'll see. Um, but as far as other guys offensively who were kind of questionable on on that uh, defense, maybe is whether or not they'll play. Marky Anderson has been a, a sort of a backup or not sort of, but it's been a backup uh, at guard, a freshman who who hadn't played, dressed out uh, at all this season. They think they'll get him back this week. Um, you know, defensively, they've missed out on a couple other guys or lost a couple of guys last week, uh, one being Keenan Nelson, who who started the first two games at, at uh, nickel. And uh, I think he might have gotten his bell rung uh, in that Furman game. So uh, not, not exactly sure what his status is yet. Uh, he, he was – sort of term is, is questionable as well. So, uh, yeah, there, there are some other some other guys here and there throughout the, the lineup. You know, JT Jeer, the defenseman who I played at all, uh, I think they feel pretty good about uh, getting him uh, getting him going because he hasn't played yet this season. So they're, they're, they're a little bit banged up, but, uh, you know, we're, we're still kind of waiting to see uh, how how things progress uh, through the week. We'll, we'll hear again from, from Beamer on, on Thursday night during his calling show and when he gives – his final injury report. When you look at this game on Saturday, Hill, if, you know, we're looking at it after the fact and say, hey, South Carolina kept this close, you know, South Carolina made this a game, what do you feel like would have had to happen? What does South Carolina need to do to be in this game for this to be a competitive game in Sanford Stadium? I got to protect Spencer Rattler. Give him time. Uh, give him a shot to, to move the ball downfield and, and get the offense going. Uh, that's that's at the top of my list. I mean, I, I could sit here and name off four or five other things that they're going to need to do as well. But uh, yeah, that that for me is is of the utmost importance is uh, just giving yourselves a shot, because I, I truly do believe if 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 he can, you know, be himself and, and just make those throws and he, he's going to have South Carolina in position to win a lot of games this season. Uh, so that that's where it starts for me on Saturday. 
when you look at this matchup, how do you see things playing out? And if you uh, want to give a score prediction, you can. I know sometimes our guests kind of want to save that for the board and some of the stuff they got lined up. But how do you see this playing out for the Gamecocks and Bulldogs? Yeah, not quite there yet on the score prediction. Um, one thing that gives me a little bit of of optimism from the standpoint of trying to figure out how South Carolina can have a chance to, to win is, is uh, you know, Georgia's, from what I understand, had some questions of their own at, at running back and trying to figure things out that way. And, and uh, as everybody who's listening knows, like it's been, that hasn't been the case in a long time around there. Uh, so, so, you know, South Carolina's had some issues in stopping the run and uh, yeah, I, I think there's again, some optimism for, for Carolina to, to have a shot to, to be able to get off the field if, if they can, can do that and, and not let, this be the week where Georgia finds a way to to run the ball and get some things figured out there. Um, you know, on the flip side of that, uh, I, in, in my opinion, I think Georgia's probably as good at receiver top to bottom. And I know Lab McConkey's been out, but you know, with some of those other guys at receiver, uh, it may not matter if Georgia can run the ball or not against Carolina. So, uh, uh, and, and and you know, I was talking about the secondary a minute ago. I, I think Carolina's got some good players and has a chance to to be able to hold their own in some of those matchups. But uh, you know, getting Nicky Manwari back in the field and and having him healthy would would help too if if they can uh, be able to try to mix and match and do some some different things and trying to figure out how to how to cover up that uh, that big tight end number nineteen. Uh, that that's probably going to be an issue too. And again, you know if. Even if Georgia has trouble running the ball, it, it may not even matter. Right, and I do think it's fair to wonder about the run game because I, I think that's probably the biggest question for Georgia fans at this point because um, a lot of inconsistency, not just from the running backs, but from the blocking in general uh, when it comes to the run game. It will be something to watch on Saturday. Did want to pass along for the people listening our predictions over at Dogs 24-7. I got Georgia 41-10. to Benjamin Wolks got 44-10. to and Kip has 42 to 13, and we will pass along uh, some more predictions, some of the national predictions on Friday as we get closer and closer to this game. Uh, Hell, I really appreciate you taking the time to come on. I want to make sure and give you a chance to just shout out the things you guys are working on on the Big Spur and how people who are listening can follow your guys' work. Yeah, uh, BigSpur.com is with 24-7 Sports, so anyone who subscribes to, to Dogs 24-7, you can read any of our VIP stuff, whether it's uh, – you know, recruiting related, obviously Carolina and Georgia go head to head some on some of the same prospects that way. But, you know, this week we're uh, just kind of focused on this game and uh, trying to, to see if we can figure out a way for South Carolina to make this thing competitive. And, you know, we'll, we'll hear from the offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, special teams coordinator uh, here in about an hour on Wednesday afternoon around lunchtime. So, uh, yeah, if, if folks want to see what those guys got to say and, uh, check out our work come on over we're we're, we're here and, and uh happy to welcome anyone who wants to to read read carolina football covers hell again thanks so much for the time we'll close it out right there i appreciate everyone who watched this live everyone who's listened to this after the fact be sure to go subscribe to either the bigspur.com or dogs 24 7 go follow all our content be sure to go to the Dogs 247 YouTube page. Go subscribe. You get to see these podcasts. You get to see the uh, press conferences with Kirby Smart and players. All kinds of good stuff over there. Again, Hale, thanks so much for the time. And I'll tell everyone listening to uh, take care until we come back.
Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Ha! Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles, now streaming only on Paramount+. Plus. Yes!